Welcome to episode two of the White Coat Podcast titled The Journey of Medicine Through Trauma Surgery. Our names are Omer, Ashwin, and Bobic, and we're here in Orange, California with Dr. Cesar Figueroa from UC Irvine Health. Dr. Figueroa attended Stanford University for his undergraduate studies and attended UC Davis School of Medicine. Today, we'll try to learn about his journey to medicine as well as his current endeavors as a research specialist. So let's get straight into it. Where did you attend for your undergraduate studies and what major did you choose on your path as a pre-med student? Uh, I attended at Stanford University. Um, yeah, I, I actually, uh, I was there for four years, uh, did pre-med. Um, I majored in bio, bio side and uh, minored in Spanish lit. And then during this time, when did you decide that you wanted to pursue medicine? Uh, I had already wanted to pursue medicine prior to that. Oh, actually. okay. Yeah, it's been long, pretty much a lifelong dream of mine. Okay. Uh, since as far back as I can remember, since as soon as I realized really that people do something else other than, yeah. you know, as a kid, you just, you, at some point you realize people have to work and, you know, do, everything else. do something else yeah. to make a living. And I just thought it was, I always found it as a really cool profession, just, you know, just you're helping people. Yeah, definitely. Um, and that's always, it always just really attracted me. And as other things go on in, in your life, you realize how important that becomes more and more important, actually. So. During this time at Stanford, um, what extracurriculars did you pursue during this time? Um, I joined a lot of like ethnic-related, um, so like um, LMSA was one of the organizations. Um, uh, like we have a, a chapter for Mecha as well uh, that we started there. Um, so those are two of the extracurriculars that I really got myself involved in. Um, there was also uh, just like pre-med uh, clubs that you can join, and mm -hmm. uh, so the, we had those as well. Um, uh, you know, there was just to be honest, in, in undergrad, it just it seemed like a lot of the most important things were just hanging out with each other, and that's how you really got a chance to absorb and just see a lot more of the world is through other people and there's just a lot of talent there and it was just really eye-opening experience but there's definitely a lot of research opportunities to do there as well so we did some of that um you know a little bit of pretty much what most pre-meds do do you do yeah it? that's pretty much what it was like did you have any clinical experience before you went to med school or? Uh, that's a good question no i i uh oh prior to medical school uh yes uh i had like the shadow uh, okay clinics and things like that um and i had also uh there's a, there's, there's a, there was like a pre, well, it was a geared towards pre-meds, but it was in actuality a, a course at Stanford Grant that was for uh, people that were interested in and in, uh, in doing like, a, like uh, what, what would you call it? Um, I forgot what, what the term is, but it's, oh, EMT, sorry. Oh, EMT. Like yeah, yeah. Medical yeah. Technician, yeah. Uh -huh. Um, uh, so it was training for that, and that's kind of that was good exposure just to just get an idea of what procedures are like when you have an emergency, you know what what are you know first aid maneuvers and procedures, and that kind of was the first exposure to oh wow you know this stuff really matters yeah I can save lives and yeah. so like that was fun. So how was your whole application process to applying to medical school? Um, that's uh, yeah, that's a good question. So uh, after undergrad, I I took I decided to take uh, just one year off so that I can use that time. To uh, study for for an exam, you know, like recoup a little bit, re re recoup a little bit, but also do something that's very clinically oriented. So I worked as a medical assistant actually, mm -hmm. okay. in uh, downtown LA, um, like in Skid Row, 
Um, we, we did, it was really valuable experience. I got really good with drawing blood, right. just doing hands-on things. Um, I got very comfortable seeing some pathology that actually a lot of people don't even get to see due yeah. to some, some advanced diseases, yeah. unfortunately, that they have to uh, live with and, and cope with, but we get to see that and treat that. Um, we started an outreach team there okay. so that we actually take you know medical supplies and whatever else we needed in luggages and we would walk around under bridges and all of that. Oh, we, saw okay. that we had some very interesting... Uh, experiences there with mm-hmm. the police and almost getting <laughs> we had a police pointing gun at us at wow. that point. Oh because there was someone else behind that they were actually aiming at. Oh. It was just interesting stories that you it's see crazy, like they're yeah. not expecting to have people yeah. out there yeah. treating hypertension and, and giving out, you know, any other medication they might need for diabetes or whatnot, you know. Uh, so that was a really eye opening and fun experience. And during that time I applied, you know, did the whole process and and uh, yeah, so I, I actually got an interview at UC Davis. Oh, okay. Um, and that's where I ended up because it was, it was the only interview I got. <laughs> yeah, so it worked out that way there. That's good. Yeah. Okay. Um, and then what do you feel like helped you the most uh, with getting into medical school? I know you said that uh, being a medical assistant really was a valuable experience, yeah. but was there anything that you felt um, helped you uh, get into medical school more than... That was definitely one of it. One of the things... Um, I think uh, doing well in your you know NCAT exams and things like that, obviously, that's that's a good thing as well. Yeah. Um, but I mean, one thing that I was gonna mention that I, I would recommend to do that I didn't do and I would have helped me even get more, uh, you know, opportunities, maybe more interviews, is you know I did mention opportunities to do research, but I mean you really have to pursue that aggressively early on in undergrad, and try to associate yourself with certain mentors that you know generate a lot of publications mm-hmm. um, so that hopefully you can get start your publication run way sooner rather than later. And another thing that would be very crucial that I would recommend is to collaborate. Find other peers because that's how you can multiply the amount of research material that you can generate. If you have two or three other peers and you're all helping each other in, in publications, mm-hmm. you can list each other as authors in, all, in say three publications. If there's three of you, you yeah. will benefit from three publications if you all work together. Instead of just working on your own, you mm-hmm. just get one out of that. You know, that's a, just an example, but that's something that you should pursue that would help out a lot. Do you think that there is, a, like, a benefit for doing something in clinical research versus, like, translational research or bench work or anything like that? Is there, like, a benefit for e- either one in terms of getting publication? Yeah, or? I mean, bench work is going to take a little bit longer, mm-hmm. you know, so something like translational or, you know, you do want to do things that are more profound and clinically based. Mm-hmm. Just keep in mind that you want to do a little bit of everything. Because okay. you want to do some of the ones that are considered, quote, unquote, easier. And maybe they don't have as much of a bearing. But if you combine a few, well, two or three of those easier type of projects with maybe one really good, robust one that matters, mm-hmm. um, that's probably a good approach is just to do a little bit of everything versus trying to do one particular type. So what would you say was the most impactful experience for you at UC Davis? Um, at UC Davis, uh, man, it's so, so hard to just <laughs> nail it down to one thing. Yeah, of course. Because really, once you, the most impactful experience is once you become, you know, once they let you take care of your own patient. Um, for the most part, you know, obviously they're supervising you, but, you know, as long as you don't make any mistakes, you pretty much feel like you're taking care of the patient <laughs> yourself, you know? So that was, that's the most important because that's what you go into medical school for is to take care of other people. Once you actually start doing that and seeing that your decisions and your your abilities can make a difference in their care, it's it's really gratifying. I think that's the most experience. But 
I would next to that I would put uh, the uh, the anatomy course that we have is really nice too. If you ever get a chance, just you know you don't really get to see the body inside out like the way you do it in that type of lab experience. So that was another really nice experience. How competitive was the class um, that you were in at UC Davis? You know, once you're in medical school, it, it is pretty competitive because you know it, it takes a lot. It takes a good uh, work ethic and just overall good academic, you know, prowess, so to speak, to, to get there to begin yeah. with. So, you know, you are competing with a lot of people. But really, the good thing about it is that, you know, or what I would recommend or the way to see it is, you know, everyone's going to have a niche. Everyone's going to have their own little specialty or what they want to do. So the fun part is, is that once you're in medical school, just find what you really want to do in medical school as early as possible as you can. So you can focus all your attention on that, and then you know you don't necessarily need to be. You would want to be near the top of the class and whatnot, but what matters most is that you concentrate all your efforts on a certain certain thing, thing that you want to do, because that's what's going to look best for you when you're trying to get into residency. It's like you know, it's not going to matter so much is this guy five percent of his medical school class. It's going to matter more. Oh, look at all these cool things this guy has been doing for internal medicine to try to get into our specialty. Shows interest. Yeah, shows interest and in, and you know want. Or you pursue something else, um, just beyond the regular curriculum, and, and it shows that you know you are kind of focusing in on what you want to do. So, were you set on specializing in like a certain? Yeah, that's a great question. Actually, uh, kind of got me into the the, the position I'm at now. In that I did go into medicine wanting to do surgery, um, but then I just and when I got into medical school and I started to see it and open my eyes to so many other things, I almost became too interested in a lot of other things. Like, I was like, wow, like I could do that too, and I could do this, and this fascinated me, and that did too. And there's just so many different ways that you can help a person because there's so many different types of diseases oh, yeah. that it just, it gets, um, that's why I kind of mentioned already, I alluded to it, is like, hey, you know, figure whatever you need to do, whatever you kind of, or at least narrow it down to one or two, but start focusing on that early because what happened with me is that I just really liked everything. Right. Like, I think, you know, I could see myself doing a lot of different things, so I couldn't really, after, you know, I would go back and forth between, well, okay, yeah, I, I could see myself doing surgery, and like, no, I really like internal medicine, and those are the two that, I, even to even to now, like, I have to end up uh, kind of deciding on it and, and focusing on what I want to apply. And how was clinical rotations for you during this time during uh, in medical school? Um, yeah, like I had mentioned earlier, that's pretty much where the first experience where you get to handle your own patients, so... As far as what's the most memorable and rewarding, I think that's that's where it is, and that's also where they or at least the residencies focus in a lot on your performance. So it's kind of a really rewarding time for you as as a developing physician, and uh, it's really memorable. You never forget a lot of those patients are very easily uh, something that I can recall at least even now as I'm thinking about it. All the different rotations you go into, and I mean. In my case, I started to fall in love with a lot of, uh, almost all of them, so mm -hmm. that was a little bit of an issue, but, you know, hopefully in, in your case, uh, that's not so much, and you kind of get to focus in on, on what you like, so it's kind of, you know, it's exciting as you go through the year, you're progressing, you're seeing, you're, they, in essence, you're forced to go through the motion and try different things, which is nice, because you, you get to see different things, and uh, you get to a point where you get really excited, like, oh, okay, in my third clerkship, that's when I get to do X, X rotation or whatever, that's the one I want to do. So, you know, it's, and then everyone else and all your peers are kind of doing their own thing, too, and uh, it's just a fun time. It's really rewarding. You're really busy. You're obviously there a lot in the hospital, but 
that's just you know there's more of that to come later um but that's it's really probably the best part of my and have you heard of the new changes to the step process or the step exam and yeah. how does that affect yeah yeah I, I i did hear about that recently where they're just getting rid of or not getting rid of but they're making changes the pass step or one. fail yeah pass fail um you know what it's interesting because I feel like it might have really uh, big implications at least towards making maybe the other exams even more important, mm -hmm. you know, like where the step two now basically becomes the step one. Yeah. So it's almost like you're just getting, it's almost like you're just getting rid of one exam. Okay. Which I don't necessarily think would be a bad thing if it, if it, if it detracts from, you know, I guess what I'm trying to get at is step one did seem like it was a lot of rote memorization. Okay. Just like you're more of an encyclopedia than you are analyzing any particular circumstance. Okay. You know, you're not really making medical decisions like you are in step two or yeah. three. Um, so it was just like, who can memorize as much information as you can? <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, and, and that's what it seemed like for that. So I, I'm actually fine with, with that because I, I don't see uh, that being a huge quality in the physicians, how much you can memorize, especially nowadays with information being, you know, a type of way you, your brain almost selectively decides to memorize other things or other facts or, yeah. or other things. So, you know, it becomes less and less. And I think that's probably why what they notice. They're like, you know, we're, it's the, there's a change of an era where information yeah. isn't the way it used to be. It's not as important anymore for you to be carrying around this in your brain while yeah. you're walking around the hospital because now it's on the computer. <laughs> and you can search your you So focusing on medical decisions instead of organization. So I, I'm, I'm for it. I don't know what the implications might be because a new thing that they're doing it, mm -hmm. but I don't think it's a bad idea. So, like, um, in your third or fourth year of medical school, did you have any specialty that you were pretty set on, or was it still, like, here and there? Like, yeah, for third and fourth year, um, I had already gone through uh, the surgery rotation, so I was pretty set on wanting to, to do that. Well, something happened in my particular case that hopefully won't happen to any of you, but my, my father passed away while I was do, uh, during the third year of uh, medical school, so it kind of threw a lot of things off. Yeah. I had to take time off, and, and then uh, I actually, even returning was really difficult because I wasn't the same state of, state of mind, to be honest. So probably what I should have done in retrospect, and if anything unfortunate would happen to you guys during that time, I'd recommend just to take a whole year off. Like I, I try to just go back into it you know, as soon as possible move forward but sometimes certain things happen in life where you should consider you know taking more time off so we can really heal or whatnot and then Definitely. come back and, and you know push with harder effort and because you know people were in the rotations people would notice you know something yeah. went off yeah. and yeah. there's nothing I could do to help how I was feeling at the time so um, so that kind of threw things off but you know I, my interest for surgery continued on and I you know especially the OR the OR experience and things you get to do there um, but I was also fascinated, to be honest, and continue to be with just kind of like the whole Sherlock Holmes aspect of diagnosing and, and internal medicine. Uh, you know, there's not much of that in surgery, to be honest, because, you know, there's an ailment, you know where it is, you just have yeah. to go fix it. Yeah. yeah. Pretty much. Uh, you know, that's, that's, that's it. But, in, in that, you know, in other specialties, you really have to think about what's going on and the patient as a whole. Yeah. You know, I mean, not, that's not to say that there aren't situations like that in surgery, but there's just you know, a lot, a lot more in other specialties where you really have to nail something. And yeah. nailing a diagnosis is just a really rewarding experience, you know, when you get to see, like, this is what was causing the injury. No one else, or at least until now, no one else has been able to figure yeah, it out. You, you yeah. figure it out. Like, that's, mm -hmm. it's just really rewarding. So after medical school, did you want to go and do your residency or 
did you? No, yeah. Um, well, yeah, ideally you want to immediately apply right after, but because I was going through things related to what I had to do and take time off and retake certain uh, clerkships and all that, it kind of threw off my whole schedule to where like I had to pretty much come back for my final year for just a couple months just to finish medical school, so then I had a bunch of free time where then I decided to just start pursuing more research because that's one of the weaknesses that I had in my application, which is why I recommend to you guys to definitely start that as soon as possible, as early as possible. Um, and then what category of research did you go into, or like what was your thought process when you decided that you wanted to do research? Uh, well, you know, at the time, I know I wanted still, again, to, to do surgery research or something related to that. And at the time, one of my friends who was already ahead of me in uh, medical school, because I had to take time off periodically and everything, mm-hmm. um, he, he actually came here to UCI, and so he, he hooked me up with a spot here to help out with their research program uh, here at UCI. So it was pretty easy for me. I mean, I knew I wanted to do research in surgery, and I just had to find a way to get connected to some program or university that, you know, and it's pretty simple. You just have to contact people that are, that might need to help. Research people that are doing research obviously needs help, so just a matter of getting in there and introducing yourself. So what would you say is the most in- interesting study that you've taken part in at UCI? Let's see. I, there, I, the one that sticks out to me that I think is very, was very interesting just because we, we noticed like an incidental finding, something we weren't expecting to see in our study, and that's with uh, we were working with one of the nearest devices that's near-infrared spectroscopy. Um, it's kind of like a, a full socks device, but a little bit more specific, more specialized. Um, and what we were searching it for was changes in hemoglobin and blood donors. Um, essentially, we wanted to see how sensitive this device could detect blood loss, because instead of getting trauma patients or something, it's more of a controlled environment when you're letting out the X amount of, of blood that you know for the blood donation process. So it's kind of a good setting for that. Um, so we were looking at that, and just one of the patients happened to have like a syncopal episode. That's just when they faint. Uh, so, you know, and we were able to see a a huge change in the cerebral perfusion that you would expect on one of the uh, sensors that we had on the forehead. So that was just a lot of fun to see that what you're doing sometimes has unexpected results. And, and from all of the, from that result spawned a lot of different studies that we're pursuing now, actually. Currently, uh, we're comparing it to the, the gold standard in Lycox monitor that kind of got us thinking that we need to see if that was a true uh, example of what we would expect. Was that a true measurement? So now we have to compare it to a gold standard. Um, so yeah, I think that's been, uh, as while I've been here, that's been my most rewarding, most memorable. So what's some more advice that you would give to pre-med students seeking research? Yeah, I, I would say, you know, it can be a little intimidating at first. You may not know even where to start, uh, but, you know, don't, don't get uh, intimidated by that and just think of, you know, I can help in a lot of different ways. And, and always think that you don't have to start off right away with bench work or something intense. You know, you have to be in the laboratory necessarily, especially for medicine. There's a lot of stuff that can be done, what they call retrospectively. And you just, you can start off with that. And it's usually expected that most students start off with those type of studies. So it's not like a knock or anything. So it's a good way to just start and get your feet wet. Um, look for uh, any study with any type of mentor that they might have where you might be able to, to do that type of analysis because it's one of the easier things. You can kind of get things done quickly. You don't have to wait around for one or two, three years to finally get a publication because you don't have that time. You know, you want to 
be able to get something at least at the beginning, something that has a little bit quicker turnaround. So yeah, look for uh, initially look for uh, studies that are like that, more retrospective, and then as once you kind of get your feet wet, you can, and as you're doing that study, you can kind of look around and ask for other ones that you might start getting into that you might start after you're done with that one, kind of pursuing the other one now that you more familiar with things and more familiar with the staff, etc. But I, yeah, uh, probably the initial step would be to look for that particular person. And that nowadays, you know, with the internet and the way the universities run, much more out there. it's so much easier to yeah. be able to figure out who's doing what type of research and where and how and just email them, you know. It's, Okay, and I know you uh, you had stated earlier that um, that you've begun applying for a residency. How is that application process? Yeah, so I'm like, I'm going to apply for this cycle that's coming up. So um, that usually starts in late August, if I'm not mistaken, where you initially um, uh, where, where you apply, and it's a whole one year long process where you start the application initially, and there's a lot of pieces to the application. You have to say all all your experiences that you had. You know, all your test scores, all your steps, um, and essentially it's a year-long process where the school's residency program uh, that you apply to, essentially, um, you go through what they call the, the match, and um, it, it involves you throughout the year, essentially, then giving them time, giving the residency program a few months to look at all the different applications that they're getting, then they start sending out invitations for interviews, and then there's another two, three-month process where the interviews take place, and, and then after that, it's another two, three-month process where they kind of discuss the, the results of the interview. So that's why it's kind of like a whole one-year process from the beginning to the end where you finally end up matching the following year. Um, and that's, that's pretty much what you, what you end up having to go through. So I'm going to start that uh, this year, and then hopefully by sometime next year, I'd, be, I'd have a match somewhere. Do you have anywhere you, that you'd like to go? Um, you know, to me, I, the specialty matters more than location, mm -hmm. especially here in the U.S. And almost, you know, a lot of programs will qualify. I just don't want to. Yeah, I would be willing, you know, to get into any community-based program or anything like that for internal medicine, or you know. Cool. All right. Now, um, looking back on your journey through this whole process, is there anything you would have done differently? Yeah, I mean, I think a, a few things that I, that I have already mentioned, I would have done differently. I would. I would have wanted to uh, do more research initially in, in, in undergrad just to get more publications earlier on so I don't have to necessarily take so much time off to focus in on that. Um, and, and to integrate it, you know, you don't need time off to necessarily do research. Just do it, you know, the earlier you get started on the process, the more of a luxury you have to kind of just have it on as a back burner thing that you're doing, you know, over and over as earlier on and you'll get one or two, three, uh, you know, publications earlier. Uh, that's much better than trying to take a year off and trying to do two, three, you know, publications then all in one year, for example. So yeah, get the research uh, interest early, and it doesn't have to be even medical related. You know, whatever it is that you're doing in undergrad, just to get it, get in there. You know, get you're already taking biology most likely, mm -hmm. so you know, use that knowledge to to run studies, do some bench work. Uh, that's just I can't emphasize enough how much you just have to get involved in research. Uh, you know, or if even if you're not happy with the first mentor or something, or by pursue multiple mentors if you can. That's how important it is, you know. Um, and then another thing would be, again, what I probably already alluded to, is just to focus in on something that you really like. When one or two things, 
and um, you know, don't let like you might find interest in other fields in medicine, but really try to hone in on what you really want to do, what you see yourself happy as, and if it takes, you know, uh, I would I would recommend even start early, start in undergrad while you're starting in, in, in research. Like there's shadowing programs in, in undergrad where you can just shadow any particular, you know, urologist like you may have heard in the previous podcast, and you know you can shadow that type of specialty see what that's like, see what it's like to be at clinics, see what it's like to be in the OR, you know, look at their schedule, ask them, you know, ask them, you know, what's your life like, like, uh, you know, they'll tell you, like, yeah, you know, I go in the OR once or twice a week, and I do this, and I have clinic, blah, 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 and I have X amount of free time, or, you know, or I don't, depending on the specialty, you know, uh, but all that stuff matters, and you could, the earlier exposure you get, um, the easier, I guess, the decision will be, so that you don't have to make a lot of that decision when you're already in medical school, you kind of already have an idea. Mm-hmm of where you want to go, and I would, I would probably see that as an advantage. So looking back on your entire process, was there ever a time where you felt like medicine wasn't for you? Mm, you know, that's... Uh, no, I mean, I've always just really wanted to do medicine. That was my interest. So, as, I mean, things were just progressing in the right direction where I really enjoyed that. I mean, I did... I not or Well, there was a time in undergrad where not because I didn't think that it wasn't right for me, but just because I wanted to make sure that it was right for me. Mm-hmm. More like I wanted to, you know, let's try something else different and see how much I like it to confirm or whatnot that maybe this is what I want to do. So I looked into engineering. I did a summer engineering program prior to starting my undergraduate uh, over at, at Stanford. And I, that was really, I enjoyed it a lot because I always really liked math a lot. So it was, uh, you know, engineering is really math-based. And, um, but, you know, in the end of the day, I was always still lured by just medicine and by how complex uh, the body can be. And, again, by how much your decisions really matter in someone else's life. And it's just more, seemed more profound and continues to seem more pro- profound to me uh, to this day. Now, uh, as we wrap this up, what are some final suggestions that you would give to current pre-med students who are aspiring to be doctors? Um, current suggestions? Uh, I mean, some of them I mentioned them already, you know, uh, some of those tips. Um, I really don't have anything else to add as far as suggestions other than just don't be afraid to collaborate when you do research, you know, that's always a plus. Um, and again, just try to do some shadowing uh, things that you could do to just get an early experience, hands-on experience, instead of you just sitting there wondering, oh, it's probably like this. Yeah, you know, true. just go and see what it's like. All right, Dr. Figueroa, thank you so much for your time. Thank you. Thank you. You're very welcome. Thanks for having me.